The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, the uh, the usual happened, but not in the usual way. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, I mean, I know what you're what you mean, but if I'm really thinking back, I mean, I've seen some some real butt kickings. You know, like uh, I don't know, just whatever. But with this many points, a hundred never. I mean, two thousand two. They said that's last what one? I'm getting at here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, but they put ninety. They put ninety plus on us a couple hundred times. Yeah, uh, if you missed it last night, which I'm sure you didn't, Troy and I actually kind of did. We're calling Manhattan High Basketball last night. Uh, Even though I did have it on my phone, (laughs) I was checking the score. I was even watching the game while our game was going on, and I probably shouldn't do that. You're like, go oh, come on! He's, he's going to pull the Kevin Harlan one of these days and call both games at once. <laughs> That'll be cool. I thought about it. <laughs> goes, oh, come on, man, hit the shot. I'm like, Mitch is being tough on these high school kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, who I was getting confused with with Trey Holloway many times. He plays <laughs> That's for Manhattan what High. what you get for uh, watching the other game and, last night. And uh, also, uh, David G is here. Sage yeah. Williams is across the glass today, pushing the buttons and... And running the show. Now, for today's show, we will have our usuals, like number one song of the day, Ask Us Anything. Uh, now, our uh, more segments also in the second hour are also based on what we're talking about here in the first hour, and it is Wednesday. You know what that means. That means AEW tonight, and Derek Young from K-State yeah. Online is with us, at Rivals on Twitter. Uh, D.Y., you watched the whole game last night. You're pumping out the content at kstateonline.com about what took place at uh, Allen Fieldhouse last night as the Cats lose 102-83. to Jayhawks, they shoot lights out. And I suppose you could argue just terrible defense last night. But also the argument is out there, what are you supposed to do when the Jayhawks are shooting lights out? So from that aspect of the game, which really was the game, uh, how would you characterize it? How would you put it? Uh, poor defense. I, I don't think that's a shocker here. Uh, the fact is, is that they scored Kansas scored 53 points in the first half, and a lot of that came on open looks. Now, did the defense tighten up at any point? It did, but they were in such a rhythm because of all the early looks that they received that – you know, they just caught fire. Some of it's not all terrible defense, but the the fact that they got into that rhythm was, uh, I guess I'm saying it was a result of terrible defense. Um, too many open looks, still a lot of open looks in the second half, even uh, 49 points in the second half. It's not like they cooled off whatsoever. 102 points from the Jayhawks, one short of the all time Sunflower Showdown record. Yeah, Derek Young from Kston Online is with us. It's no secret. I mean, I was looking back at the numbers earlier today and about how bad K-State has been. They've been great at guarding three-point shooting, and they're one of the best in the country. 11th in the country as it stands right now, 29% against three-point shooting. But K-State this season is allowing teams 
to make 51.5% of their attempts from two. Now, I, I did want to compare it to previous years, so I went all the way back to 2018-19 when the Cats won the Big 12 championship, and even that team, who was considered a pretty good defensive basketball team, not too shabby, they allowed teams to shoot 49% from two-point range. But it, it's no secret as well, you know, there's a lot of help defense that is necessary with a lot of these K-State guards. They do have sometimes an issue with the on-ball defense and trying to stay in front of the guy they are guarding. Is that what was opening everything up with just driving, kicking, repeat? Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. I don't have to go into too much of analysis or assessment. You didn't even, you know, you weren't able to watch the game as intently as I was because you were calling a Manhattan High basketball game, but you're absolutely right. It was like every possession – Kansas State getting beat off the dribble, Kansas driving into the lane, the defense having to collapse and, you know, be sucked inside in the paint um, to avoid the easy two-point bucket, bucket, obviously, at the rim. So then you kick it out to open three-point shooters. It was rinse-repeat, just like you said. I can't provide a better analysis than you did. Did K-State even make a move to try playing zone at all? They didn't. And uh, they didn't really mix up looks at all, which mm. I, I think I would have done just, to, to, you know, maybe just to see if it would have worked, throw them off rhythm, make them think about what they're doing, I guess, because they, they were doing less thinking and just drilling three after three. But at the same time, do you really want to play zone against a hot shooting team? I'm sure that was part of the calculus there, too. That's uh, that could have even incited more uh, more of a three-point barrage. You never know. No, but, uh, you're right. Yeah. It's it's just that figuring out a way to keep that penetration from happening when you're getting blown by, the easiest thing to do is to, to go into a zone for a time and try and see if you can staunch it that way. But uh, I, I had mentioned this to someone this morning. Uh, there are a lot of coaches in Division One basketball especially and at other levels who are so driven with what their defensive process is that there is no way that they will ever put a zone on anyone. It's, it's, a, it's a pride thing. And it may not have been that last night for Bruce, but uh, it def- definitely might have at least just thrown a little kink into things to change it, but probably not enough. Yeah, it, it, it probably wasn't going to solve what ailed them last night. I would have probably tried something different just because um, probably would have driven myself insane as a coach to not at least give them <laughs> a little bit of a different different look and just kind of beat my head up against the wall. But I don't think that there was necessarily going to be anything stopping Kansas because when they're driving at will or when they're shooting like that, there's probably not a a defense that that's going to stop it. It was more of an execution errors for Kansas or yeah, for Kansas state, I should say uh, not being able to stop the ball and, and, and Bruce Weber, he's played zone before, but obviously he's not a coach that wants to play a lot of it either, but can you play zone when you have Davion Bradford and Casey Ziegu in the center? I don't know. I mean, yeah. they, have, they have their limitations from a personnel standpoint. D.Y., how would you grade out Marquise Noel, who played 31 points, was a just slightly under 50% from the field, but did turn it over five times and eight assists. Do you feel like if you just take away the, the, the turnovers, yes, he had five, but also Ochai Baji had five. You know what I mean? Yeah. So would you yeah. – I mean, did you really feel that Marquise Noel had a great game? I wouldn't say great game because that's probably pushing it just a tap, but he was the best that Kansas State had last night. Um, 
and I don't think it was very close. I think he was easily their best player, their most effective player. But the problem was he, his shot selection wasn't fantastic. He had a few air balls just because he's kind of forcing the action and, and probably taking some unnecessary risks at times. Um, I'm sure is how others would assess it. I think that's what Bruce Weber had to say today, even um, or at least following the game that he's probably pushing the envelope just a little bit too much at times. So if you factor in the two or three air balls, the, the boneheaded decisions at times of when to shoot it and when not to, and then the five turnovers, uh, it's probably problematic enough not to say that he was great. Um, so that's where I would come up short on it. But my argument for him would be that there was such a, a great sense of urgency and such a need for someone to just try to force the issue that I'm not sure it was all poor choices on his part. Um, when you're getting your butt beat that bad, sometimes you do have to force it. K-State wins the second chance points, and they they nearly pull it out in the rebounds. But again, when KU shooting 64%, there's not a whole lot of rebounds to go get, I suppose. Um, right. The Jayhawks score 102 points. I want to ask, do you throw the F word at that performance? And that word is fluke. <laughs> I was wondering what kind of <laughs> um, No, actually, as, as well as they shot it, it was not a fluke because there were so many open looks. Just as simple as that, huh? It is. I mean, and that's one of those things. I mean, it's just like another, another game in Lawrence where it looked like one team was tight and tentative and another team was loose and fluid. I mean, I can't, you know, it was like when a cornerback jumps up a, a route. That's what it looked like on some of those turnovers, especially early in the first half on the outside or, you know, like uh, at the perimeter. These They were loose. They knew what, the, what K-State was going to do, and they were prepared for it, and they were confident and loose. It's just, to me, yep. it's as simple as, we didn't get in their face at all. All those threes were clean looks, just like DY said. What is it gonna yeah. what's it gonna take, DY, for K State to go into Lawrence and feel uh loose? Is it does it take a team that's like three and twenty-five at the time? You know, is it gonna take a team that's got nothing to lose in order to win it's, in Lawrence? It takes it takes Jim Woolrich, apparently. <laughs> with, with the oh. Jim Woolrich with Jim Woolrich with the neck brace is what and it takes, I guess. Very important. But I, but yeah, I guess what I will say, going back to Mitch's question, the reason why I say it's not a fluke, and we both, me, me and David both said this, the, the, there were so many open looks. It wasn't oh. like they were hitting bad shots or contested shot after contested shot. They were, they were hitting open shots, and at some point, a team as good as Kansas, you give them enough open shots, that's what they're going to do to you. It was not like when they played Oklahoma State in Stillwater last weekend where we could argue that the Cowboys were putting in some buckets that probably shouldn't have went down. And that that's where I would say Oklahoma State was more of the flukiness in terms of a shooting performance against Kansas State, especially in that overtime period. Um, KU last night, that was, that was not fluky. I, I was just going to say that the Oklahoma State game – those were some step back threes oh off one foot that you that you play horse with, you know, like you, you play pig and shoot those shots. But yeah, KU last night got all the looks they wanted and then some. 
awful. Speaking with Derek Young from K-State Online, do I even ask for an opinion on how we did at the five? Because I saw Mitch Lightfoot, maybe he had a career game, and Mitch Lightfoot has played more KU games than anybody <laughs> in history. And he maybe whoa, whoa, did- whoa, whoa, Frank Mason? No, I'm pretty sure Mitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure. I th- I thought it might go Perry Ellis there, <laughs> yeah. but I th- I'm Same pretty gift. sure Mitch Lightfoot has played more games than anybody in KU history, and with 13 points, he might have had a career night. Uh, were his looks as easy as everybody else? Yeah, he probably not because you have a little bit more physicality in the paint. So I wouldn't say there was easy Sure. Um, just because you do have a little bit more contact in there, but it, I mean, it was, you know, a typical night from that position. They didn't get the offensive uh, performance. They got in Stillwater from Casey's Yegu or anything. It's, it was more of the same, what we've saw all season. So I'm not going to, you know, bag on them all the more since we've done that throughout the season, but there wasn't a big change for what Kansas State has been provided at, at, the, at the center position this season. All right, well, D.Y., we'll take a timeout. When we come back as we kind of close the door a little bit on the KU game, uh, you're tweeting about it quite a bit last night, and it's now making articles through the K-State media. Today is uh, Bruce Weber at the end of his press conference after the game yesterday uh, saying that the Cats might be looking for another non-con game to be played before the regular season comes to an end. We'll talk to D.Y. about that when we come back on the game. We return to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., Sage Williams, and with us via the Zoom is Derek Young from K-State Online. K-State fans, if you do want to blame this on something, uh, you can blame the loss on me because when I was watching the game on my phone at the MHS gym or when I went to Wingstop after the game, it's like every shot I saw from KU, it, they shot 100% when my eyeballs were on the screen. So Let's get them. Hit it on me. Pitchforks, torches, whatever you want. Get after God, me on the mentions. I'll take you. the L. Uh, I just every shot I saw, wide open. Dink, 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 dunk. You're swish. you're one selfish. What's him call it? You know what I mean? Thanks a lot, pal. Thanks a lot. What gave it away? The the stopping at Wingstop after the game. Ah, that's a that's a definite thing. <laughs> Well, it's like the only thing open after 10. I mean, uh, scary is that? Where else am I supposed well, to go? Come on, it's Aggieville. Come on. You know better. Yeah, but kitchens close at well, 10. Okay. I mean, right, DG? You know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. I miss Pita Pit, baby. Bring that back. Solid. Oh, you know, uh, DY, you might have to come in here and save me on this one. Were you, were you, did you ever try Pita Pit? No, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I, I had it once, and be and honest with you. D.Y., why do you hang up? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it was so good. It they, they closed down, and I just, I don't know. Man. I mean, it was it drunk food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it was drunk food while not having to do pizza. Yeah. I miss Jeff's, mm. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a that was a stop for me. Anyway, uh, I'm still a little hungover from the game last night, but a few details coming out yesterday. Thanks to Derek Young of K State Online at D Young Rivals on Twitter, because uh, 
after the game, at the end of the press conference, Bruce Weber mentioned with a great question from Flando, Grand Flanders, who's also from K-State Online, who used to work here, which, Shout by the out. way, should have fired him months prior before he <laughs> left. Um, he asked Coach Weber about, is there a possibility of adding another non-con to try to get to back to 31 games because they missed the game with North Florida, got canned because of uh, COVID-19 issues. Uh, so, D.Y., you're putting out the details, so I'm not going to steal your thunder. What do you What do you know about these uh, developing details? Yeah, some definite chatter that, again, could take place. I think March 2nd was, was a target date. It's that Wednesday in between um, – what that would be between, what, the Texas Tech and Oklahoma games, I believe. Um, yep. I'm correct, yeah. So, uh, I think that's the most likely time – that Kansas State could get one. Maybe they can get one after, I think it's Oklahoma and before Kansas City, but even that I probably even more or less likely. But, you know, a potential opponent is certainly BYU, and I think that they're at least, you know, as of a few hours ago, there was probably a sentiment on both sides that it was something would get done um, and maybe not announced until afterwards to see where teams are. Um, both sides are after Saturday and whether the game still remains necessary. But, you know, you know, the longer this goes, it, it seems like there's a more dragging of the feet or more people saying to pump the brakes on it a little bit. So uh, I guess that's the clarification I would have. I think BYU is the most likely opponent and hmm. something that could transpire. But I, I still have some people, you know, saying maybe to pump the brakes a little bit on it. So I think okay. that there is still some hurdles to clear, some hoops to jump through for for it to uh, be a thing. And Mitch, obviously, you're you're uh, connected to it as well, because obviously if they were to play a game Wednesday, March 2nd, the women have a game that night in Bramlage Coliseum. Well, D.Y., nobody told me to br- uh, pump the brakes, so I might just floor it here and just <laughs> just lay out everything I know. No, I'm just joking. I don't know anything more than you do, D.Y. Uh, I do like the potential matchup if that were to happen with BYU. Obviously, that's a bubble team. They're in the 50s in the net ranking. Uh, and they're actually uh, – th- so they play in the West Coast Conference. They will play Thursday games. Like Thursday, Saturday is pretty common. Um, so they will actually wrap up the regular season – this Thursday and Saturday, so they kind of have that gap between their conference yeah. tournament and the end of the regular season. Go ahead, D.Y. Yeah, not a big gap, though, because I think they would play that following Friday, Friday in the West Coast Conference Tournament, so it's not a huge gap. And Kansas State has maybe some logistical hoops to jump through because the women play that mm-hmm. night. Wednesday is probably the best time you could squeeze in a game from because Kansas State can't play on Tuesday because they played the prior Monday against uh, Texas Tech in Lubbock. But uh, BYU probably can play on Thursday because they would play, you know, the next day, Friday, in the West Coast Conference Tournament. So Wednesday's the most likely thing, but Kansas State, obviously, keeps saying it, the women played that night. And BYU doesn't really want to play at home because I'm not sure a quad two win does anything for them, so they need that to be a road game. For sure. I mean, detail or the uh, the results of games coming up would certainly make a difference if these two teams would even want to play or not. Would it matter? I mean, are you just destined for the NIT anyway uh, if you lose a couple of games, which uh, BYU, what they do have left on their schedule, as I just pulled it up, Loyola Marymount is uh, going to be a home yeah. game. Well, <laughs> uh, Loyola, Loyola Marymount and Pepperdine probably not enough for them to get yeah. into the tournament. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But Marymount did take uh, BYU to overtime uh, about uh, about two weeks ago, and Pepperdine 
BYU okay. won that game by six. So, but the thing is, both those games would be in, are going to be in Provo, mm-hmm. Utah, and this would be a road game if K State uh, well, would end up hosting. And, and they're and they're both quad four games, Loyola, Marymount, and Pepperdine. Right. So it does nothing for BYU. In case they still has a lot on the schedule, that would do them some good. The thing is, the breathing room is, I mean, you're you're running out of oxygen right now. You yeah. uh, the cabin has lost its air pressure. Let's say uh, they 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 need some help for sure, and an extra game would be big. You you mentioned it there, Dy though, but the game would have to probably be played on a Wednesday, uh, which would be March second. The women are set to host West Virginia. At 6.30, and that's their senior night. And, of course, tickets have been sold, season tickets, GA. I mean, everybody is playing for this 6.30 game, which the women have been actually kind of drawing more than the men lately with nearly 6,000 fans in attendance. So there's no. it's really hard to move that game in favor for a K-State men's game. I mean, do you, The question is now, do you play the game for the men somewhere else or do you try to just double it up for, with the women? It's kind of a weird situation. Yeah, and there's not a good place for it. Because, uh, you know, the T-Mobile Center wouldn't be open either um, in, in discussing that with somebody else as well. So it's kind of from a logistical standpoint, it's a little bit problematic. And, and you know, part of that's also because the women's game is slated for 630. If you're going to try to squeeze in a men's game um, that day as well, then you'd almost have to move the women's game time. And can you move it that much later? Because it is their senior night. So it's a pretty complicated set of circumstances to arrange it. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess let's say here and brainstorm here. What's the the best course of action would almost be having the men play at like three o'clock. And, and then I don't know how, how realistic that would be. It would obviously an interesting set of circumstances And, and really that's, and for them, Three o'clock on Wednesday is probably not, you know, you know, a great scenario when you just played a, a probably a late game on Monday night against Texas Tech. I'm just going to put this out there. Please, nobody get offended, but I'm going to say it. I've been to a lot of K-State women's basketball games in my time. A lot. I know the average age of a fan for K-State women's basketball, specifically the season ticket holders. I think they would maybe prefer a matinee <laughs> over a later game. Uh, I'm just saying. Young, skewing younger I'm just is what saying. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the men are more likely to draw the younger crowd that would maybe rather come at night, if you know what I mean, on a Wednesday. Huh. Just putting that out I don't there. Know what you're driving at, pal. In, in other words, you're saying the women's game might be better off so that there's early dinner. Or just have dinner at the game. Valid point. Head over to Shamrock. Get you a Shamrock <laughs> pass. Go get your fried bologna sandwich or a corn dog wrapped in uh, in bacon. Ooh, I think they start, they might even do the free nachos. They've been doing uh, free nachos in front of these wrapped, uh, home games. Wrapped in bacon and a gallon of salt. Yes, my heart winces. Sounds great. My heart winces when I hear those things. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, hey, K State. Hey, uh, maybe uh, let's get it done Saturday against Iowa State, and maybe bring BYU into town. You never know. We'll see what happens. But uh, I, I say, I, I say, we put the responsibility on the logistics on the PA announcer for this game. Well, let me let me tell you. <laughs> I might. Well, let's just say I'll be rather jacked. If BYU was to come visit Manhattan 
in a make-or-break season type of game. Ooh. I'll just put it that way. It might be my best PA day of all time. Mispronouncing are you, all are the you, are your vocal cords prepared for a doubleheader? Well, I, I probably would have to do the women's game because Rod Velker's been taking care of those. Uh, mm. I am prepared to do a doubleheader. I have done it before. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe it was last year. Uh, the, the thing is, like, there's typically like a couple of hours between the two games, so I just kind of hang out and just chill in Bramlage between the two games. That's, that's the real key. Can I find something to do to keep myself busy? Instead of just sitting uh, around, find that missing I, concourse I, I, we talked about yesterday. <laughs> I, I will share the most interesting doubleheader that I've ever covered was actually two different sports, but inside the same stadium. It was a Kinnick Stadium when I covered Iowa. I want to say it was, oh, man, what, what year was that? It was 2015, perhaps, or 2016. I can't remember the exact season, but I covered, um, a wrestling meet mm-hmm. inside Kinnick Stadium, which ended up with like 30,000, 40,000 fans, and I think was the record holder at one time for a college wrestling meet. Not sure if it still is, followed by the football game mm-hmm. later that day. So we were literally in the press box for about 12 hours. Oh. See, I think hockey in like a football stadium or a baseball stadium is a tad bit of a stretch because if you sit down low, you're not going to have a great view of that game. For wrestling, <laughs> well, yeah. it maybe is even a further stretch. Oh, wrestling! It was pretty because uh, they also had the mat, like thinking in like the end zone, and oh, okay, yeah, and so that yeah. I mean, you weren't you had to go down to the field level if you actually wanted to cover it. Cover it, uh, you weren't going to see anything from from the press box. But it was a pretty pretty big meet. I think it was like number one Oklahoma State versus number two Iowa. Ooh. Well, Derek Young from K Carolina is with us here on the game for the first hour. Uh, Dy, when we come back, I got a recruiting question for you, and it's about football. It's about a quarterback. It takes a lot for me to get excited about recruiting. I'm a little excited now. That's up next on the game. The game on K Man, Mitch, Troy, D, Sage, <laughs> D S. D-Y, everybody. We got everybody. A lot of Ds. That was my report card. hey uh, Come on. We're back with Derek <laughs> Young from K-Sound Line. Sometimes I just don't get you guys. I really don't. <laughs> I, I, I try to figure out, but I just sit there quietly. My, uh, my bad. I got to try these jokes out, man, on somebody. I, I mean, Ds on a report card, it made perfect sense. No, I, it, yeah. yeah. D-Y, um... K-State's going to start selling those player jerseys next year. Will you be buying a Deuce Vaughn jersey? Uh, no, I, I'm not a big jersey guy, so if I, and I, I don't really buy them to wear them either, so you know, sue me, I guess. I'm not either. I think it is garbage if you wear a jersey outside of a game. I th- still think it's kind of weird if you even wear one to a game. And nothing's maybe more garbage than a, than a uh, basketball jersey. However, the the only thing I think I would wear or not wear, I, I correct myself. The only thing I feel like I would purchase jersey wise when it comes to Kansas State is a lavender jersey. Yeah, that would be sweet. I, I got one hung up in the office. It's it's just one that, that, that was being handed out to the students, but I had to get myself one. I think they're pretty cool. But I, I've already decided, like, Deuce Vaughn, obviously he's hashtag my boy. I'm going to support him. I'd get a jersey. If there was a men's basketball, if they were available, Marquise Noel would be my guy. 
got to get yourself an Aoka Lee jersey if those were put out. It's too bad that they didn't do these early. We couldn't do these earlier because I think K State could sell some soccer jerseys uh, with uh, Brooklyn Ince, that name on it. She's now a professional soccer player in Kansas City. Man, there's a lot of players you could definitely uh, sell some jerseys on. Now, maybe a future cat? You never know, but maybe that, man, that first. Domino just fell not too long ago as uh, we're back with D.Y. here on the game from K-State Online. I, just the one uh, question about football recruiting right now, and you posted an article just about an hour ago as um, Avery Johnson of uh, Mays High School, who's a, the second-best player in the state of Kansas, according to rivals. He's a four-star quarterback. Um, what's been the latest development with him that is good news for K-State? Really, it's just, you know, other schools uh, finding their quarterback. So on a co- so the most recent development was Nebraska landed their quarterback in William Watson of Massachusetts. Uh, their new office coordinator, Mark Whipple, recruited him while he was at Pittsburgh. So now he's coming to Lincoln and, and going to play for Whipple there. And that takes Nebraska off the board for their two targets for the 2023 class. Obviously, they've offered Avery Johnson and Mays. Everybody knows that, but within the last month offered the second quarterback, um, which they had kind of drugged their feet on doing, but they offered Zane Flores of Gretna, Nebraska. So you could obviously understand why the Huskers may be a threat there should, had they, you know, chose to offer him, but they're not going to, they got their guy. So I guess that first quarterback domino to kind of fall was the deck just clearing a bit more for Kansas state in pursuit of either one of those two targets with having Nebraska not really being a contender for either one. So Zane Flores is a name I hadn't heard yet. Uh, what can you tell me about him? Not as mobile as Avery Johnson, but I like his arm talent quite a bit. And he's probably probably the next guy I would have offered had I been the Wildcats too. They flirted with some other ones, whether it be Jake Strong, who's now committed to Texas Tech, or you know any number of guys that they were obviously showing – at least cursory interest in it at one point or another. I always, you know, you just look at, you know, generally look at the film of, of those three or four guys, in addition to Avery Johnson, that they were clearly giving a gander. I, I think I like Zane Ford as the most out of that group. So um, not surprised that he's been that next offer. What will be interesting, and, and nobody really has those answers yet, and it's to be determined, and we'll watch it all in, unfold and. March and April, when much more visits, you know, occur and transpire as, as the dead period ends here pretty soon, and 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 prospects, especially in the 2023 class, begin to take visits once again. How those visits are arranged for Kansas State? Because I I it would surprise me if they don't have both of them on campus at one point in time. With and when I say both, obviously I mean Flores and Avery Johnson. I can see them both taking a spring visit and being on campus and watching a spring football practice, you know, when that gets fired back up. And I believe the first day of practice is either March 6th or March 7th. So it's just around the corner, actually. All right, D.Y., we'll wrap up on this. I want to jump back to men's basketball. The game Saturday, they host Iowa State. Are you going to predict right now? How confident are you that the Cats will get it done to keep their season alive for the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I actually put that out today. I kind of feel good about a Kansas State win on Saturday, and I know that, that seems crazy, you know, just a day after being removed, being blitzed by KU. Just a really good spot for them, I think. Uh, Iowa State probably has less to play for 
and I know that sounds crazy, but Kansas State has a whole lot to play for. They're still fighting for their tournament lives. And at this point, I'm starting to think Iowa State might be in a little bit comfortably with the way they played in the last week and a half. So I think Kansas State has more to play for. And typically teams really bounce back and play some of their best basketball after those kinds of performances where they um, where it's really an ultimate letdown, maybe one of the, the bigger ones of the season. Um, not from an offensive standpoint, of course, but defensively. So I really like Kansas State to complete the season sweep of Iowa State and and they've played so well with their backs against the wall this year. So they're six and nine right now. This seems like, you know, the kind of spot all year where they've had success. Keep up with everything K-State by going to kstateonline.com and subscribing today. And the man that runs it, Derek Young from K-State Online. D.Y., I appreciate you once again. I'm glad to hear your voice, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. That's Derek Young once again from K-State Online, at D. Young Rivals on Twitter. To finish our one Man, I read an article today that made me really upset with health science. Uh oh, uh oh. I know, right? Oh boy. I know. That's up next. Sage. I appreciate your work around here. But what is this? This is fittingly Dua Lipa's Blow Your Mind. My Since mind, you said you have something to tell us. My mind was... Well, okay, she's first thinking. of all, that, that's she's, fantastic. She's doing yeah. great production work yeah, right there. That is... Man, Sage. Wow. Fantastic. Um, Could get some, like, Free Your Mind by In Vogue or something? Free Your Mind! That's a good tune. Okay, That's a great tune. Great pull right there. My mind was blown when D.Y. said he had never heard of Pita Pit. I go, a college writer has never heard of Pita Pit? Now, he is not from here. Right, right, right. He is from Ohio. That's right. And D.Y. also, he doesn't seem like he's hitting the Ville after. He seems, D.Y. seems like a serious guy. Serious. I think he's cool and he's very knowledgeable. He knows basketball and football like crazy. Yeah, he's very knowledgeable. Big sports guy. It's a yeah. sports guy I'll probably never be. Yeah. Um, I just like, hey, DY, if I was like, DY, let's get some shots, he'd be like, no. <laughs> he'd be like, dude, you're an idiot. You know? I've seen. Oh, I, he's not oh, on the show. He's on the show. Yeah, he's I not on the show. Had it. I yeah, almost had it, man. I, I'll, uh, maybe we'll bring it up next time. Yeah, they will bring it up next time. Remember this one time in Memphis? Yes. You know. Okay. Cool. All yeah. right. I, so we can get him to. Um, oh boy. Okay. It's a great story, but yes. he's not on the show. File this away right for now. for some time when we yeah. when we do have him and 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 make sure that we've got this song in the mix. It's called yeah. uh, Maybe It Was Memphis. Kathy Matea. <laughs> <laughs> or walking in Memphis, <laughs> stumbling in Memphis. Yeah, it was more like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, you may not find this interesting, but I'm pretty hot right now about this story <laughs> that the Journal of the American Medical Association has released. It's a study that they've been doing for over 11 years. Whoa. I joined a gym back in 2014. Yeah. That trainer... And another trainer that I, I moved to afterwards told me, when you're not in this gym, obviously you need to eat healthy, but set a goal, download this app on your phone, and set a goal for 10,000 steps a day. Mm. That's about that's roughly five miles. Yes. 
and I took that pretty seriously. As a matter of fact, I did that for years. I uh, I didn't always hit the goal, but I did it. I tried my best to do so. Um, and then uh, that that was a that was a common goal for most people. Like trainers around the country will tell you, ten thousand sure. steps. Mm-hmm. It was this one study that was done. Well, after this eleven year study where they basically kept track of over 700,000 people. It was determined that the 10,000 steps was too much. No way. I was like, you son of a gun. Look at, I mean. I have been working out too hard for like six or seven years. Wearing out the Nikes for no reason. The goal on my app is still 10,000. Which, by the way, since I took over... um, as the uh, sports director, uh, it's actually been pretty bad for my health because I'm not getting anywhere close <laughs> right? to 10,000 steps. It's a lot of sitting and typing and looking at screens. Yeah. Uh, no, they said 7,000 steps is where you need to be. They say life expectancy will raise as high as 40% if you just hit your 7,000 steps a day. Wow. Uh, and Of course, you know, like... Just taking care of your body, overall health will be much better if you just hit those 7,000 steps a day. Wow. I was pretty – I was shook up about that. Yeah, that sucks. What like Is this going to be one of those things how, you know, you read one story every year that says, hey, eggs are horrible for you. And then like five months down the line – you read another story that goes, actually, scientists say you can eat as many eggs as you want. Yeah, actually, really pretty good. soon it's going to be like, uh, actually, it's 8,500 <laughs> steps uh, if you want to live to 75. 20,000. God, that sucks. Sorry. Hour to the game. I have a few things to say. Oh, boy. Including our number one song of the day, and Ask Us Anything. But when we come back now, D.Y. said he wouldn't put the F word on last night's game. That word is fluke. But I want to counter that with my own argument when we come back. Because it's looking at it in maybe a little bit of a different way. And it kind of relates to the Oklahoma State game as well. Hour 2 of the game, next.